The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Kotz. And I'm Stephanie Sambari, and we are the hosts of That's So Retrograde. Heard of us? For the past 200 and some episodes, we've been trying to figure out what the hell wellness is. We have inspiring and fun conversations with all types of amazing people, from healers to comedians to whatever's in between. We're five years in, but we're just getting started. So hop on board every Thursday to join the party and route to living your best life. And don't forget your cannabis. Or to check us out on Instagram at So Retrograde. That's right. Bye. See you there. Hi everyone, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Halloween and the holidays are coming up. And as excited as we are as parents, I think we're all so nervous about what's the right or wrong things to do with Halloween candy. Like how do we handle it? And also handle the resulting sugar high or obsession with treats and candy. So today we're breaking it all down, how to tackle Halloween candy, how to mentally prepare and set ourselves up for success so that we can do our best to curb that candy obsession and our own worry so that we can feel confident in our approach and actually enjoy the holiday with our kids. The thing I love about Jess and her approach to everything in feeding or nutrition is that she's always so practical and realistic and she just gets it and her tips actually work. So I will be re-listening to this episode to prep for Halloween and I know you all will love it. Makes me smile every time you say that. So if you enjoyed this episode, please share with any friends you think would find it helpful or write a review. We really want to spread all the knowledge and confidence we can, especially around the holidays. So it takes a village. We're so excited to have you part of ours and stick around to the end of the episode today because we talk about what to do if your child eats too much candy and gets a tummy ache. Jess, I'm so excited for today's episode. It is my first Halloween where all of our kids can eat candy and do the whole thing. So I need all your tips. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. How is it October already and, and Halloween? Like, I, I don't know. Pumpkins? I'm so <laughs> excited. I love fall. It's one of my favorite seasons, but I'm just, I'm not prepared for it. <laughs> I'm not prepared for it either. I feel like this year has been every month where it starts. It's like, how is it September 1st? How is it October 1st? And I just, it's the days are long, but the year this year has just flown by. I do not know how it's October. I know. I feel like I'm just trying to catch up with everything and I'm just always 10 days behind and everything. That's what I feel like. So I'll finally have decorations up on like the 30th. <laughs> Us too. Gosh. So what is Bryce going to be for Halloween? Do you know? Oh, Halloween's the cutest. So he is honestly already obsessed with Halloween. It is the cutest thing. He wants to be an astronaut this year. And this morning when I woke him up, he was like, mommy, mommy, something so exciting is happening. I'm so excited. I was like, what are you so excited about, Bryce? He's like, the astronaut is sending me an outfit for Halloween. They're sending me a backpack and boots and gloves and an astronaut suit. And it was just like tapping into that imagination. I think that's the magic of Halloween. Oh, so sweet. Halloween is actually, it's re-inspired me with kids because I... I'm not going to be loved for saying this, I feel like, but Halloween is just not my thing. I think it's fun if someone were to say, here's your outfit, here's all of it, put it on, go have fun. 
but it's like the the anxiety and prep of it all stresses me out. But now with kids, it's fun. And also I'm like with all the skeletons, like I'm just such a chicken. Like I don't watch scary movies. I'm very, <laughs> I'm a chicken. So I like to just watch happy things. So with kids, it's actually giving me a new love for Halloween, if you will. Do you guys know what you're being this year? Um, oh, we've been thinking about Cinderella because then Luca could be Gus Gus. <laughs> and I, I don't know who I would be. So um, we're working on that. So the boys would be the little mice. <laughs> and Liv would obviously be Cinderella. I cannot. You have to do that. Okay. I know. I'm ready for Halloween. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, okay. So let's talk about Halloween and candy and how to tackle this and mentally prep for it because it's something that's so anxiety provoking for so many of us. You know, do we allow our kids to eat all the candy? Will they stay up all night because of it? How do we handle this holiday that's built around eating treats and dessert nonstop? It's such a good question. We're thrilled this episode is brought to you in part by Inculus because their amazing team and products are all about knowledge powering decisions and they've created an entire skincare line that's simple to understand and made from all transparent and effective ingredients so it's easy to use and personalized to your skin. Okay, no matter what we're told, our skin changes with each pregnancy and after babies. It's a combination of everything being dehydrated, not getting enough sleep, on top of the hormonal shifts, and it's just left our skin just dull. We've got more wrinkles fine lines. It's just different than the way that we're used to looking. And so we are always on the hunt for products to hydrate our skin, nourish it, and make it look glowing and just the youthful way it used to. So we're so happy Inkyless came into our life because their products are amazing and affordable. Their entire line of skincare is developed based on the idea that knowledge powers change, meaning they make it easy for you to learn about your own skin and what is actually in each of their products so you can actually get the results you want. We've definitely learned that skincare is not one size fits all. What works for Haley doesn't necessarily work for me. So we love how personalized Inky List is and how simple they make it. I'm still obsessed with their retinol serum. It's $9.99 made with clean ingredients that work and it won Allure's Best of Beauty Award this year. You know us, we're all about finding those few quality products that work and you can trust. The Inky List wants to encourage you to make changes to your skincare routine with access to clear and simple pieces of knowledge so that you're better informed to be able to make the right decisions for your skin. Visit the recipe builder on theinkylist.com to create your own personalized routine and find the right ingredients for your skin. Your mom's skin will thank you, we promise. Now let's get back to our conversation. So I, like we said, I think Halloween is so fun because our kids can really, really tap into their imagination. They love it. It's like dress up completely on steroids. But I think it comes with this layer of just underlying anxiety for us because it's a holiday built all around treats and trick-or-treating. And so it's fun when you're trick-or-treating, but then you bring the treats home or the candy home and it's like this reality sets in. Is my child going to eat so much and stay up all night? How do I regulate it? Do I battle with them? How long is this obsession over candy going to last? So that's right. really what we want to address today. I think like anything we talk about, if you have a framework, it just takes that anxiety away and makes you feel so much less anxious about the holiday and just really excited so you can be present, like you said. 
Do you mind just sharing your approach to Halloween candy? It's not what people would expect from a dietitian. And I think that's what I love most about you. It's my hardest thing to follow of yours, but I'm, I'm really trying. Absolutely. What if I told you that your child will have a healthier relationship with sweets if you're not as vigilant about their Halloween candy? So I know it honestly almost sounds just absurd, because, but it's so true and it works. Listen, our desire to control their candy comes from this really good place. We all want our kids to eat healthy foods. I want that. You want that. Everyone wants that. The problem is though, is that when we put restrictions on food, specifically Halloween candy and sweets, what we're actually doing is we're having the opposite effect and it actually leads to obsession. So it's kind of like the forbidden fruit. So that doesn't mean that there isn't an approach to it. There is, and we'll talk about it and we'll go by step by step by step what to do. But the foundation to set ourselves up for success is to just rethink how we talk about Halloween candy in general. So every time I read these studies, they blow my mind. But what they show is that when you control desserts, you put foods on a pedestal, which makes it more likely that your kid will obsess over them and crave them. So in other words, restrictions around sweets, specifically like Halloween candy, makes those foods so much extra special. So our kids will eat more of those foods and then probably too much whenever they get a chance. So if I had to dwindle down what my approach is, I would say it's actually pretty simple. And it's pretty similar to the way that we handle desserts in general. You want to give your child both the opportunity for unlimited access and then limited access to their Halloween candy. That way it gives your kid that structure, the structure they crave so that they learn that you're not putting Halloween candy on a pedestal. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, it totally makes sense. I always say, look at Halloween as one big teaching opportunity. It's an opportunity for our kids to learn how to handle desserts and actually build their intuition. We can think about it as a dessert buffet for adults, right? How much do you wish that you could go to a dessert buffet and you would just eat in moderation, right? You would just enjoy the desserts you got and you wouldn't overeat so you feel so overly full and uncomfortable. Right. No, it makes total sense. Even um, with desserts in our house, we have adopted over time, your philosophy on desserts with dinner. And we put a dessert with dinner. And of course, at the beginning of all of this and implementing it, they eat the dessert first. Luca is still in that process where he eats the dessert first. Olivia now is in the phase where she, sometimes she doesn't even eat it. Sometimes it sits there on her plate. She'll say, I'm going to save this for last. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's I've just tried to keep it as like this, sure, whatever. I think she sees that if we have dessert, we have it last. But also we've had my birthday and Atlas's birthday for the last couple of weeks. And we have these huge cakes on the counter. People are sending cupcakes and cookies and this, and they're all sitting on the counter and they do not ask for the, they see it, but they don't ask for it. And if I were a kid and I saw that, I would have been like up there eating it. I mean, they can have access to the counter. They have their learning tower, but it's interesting that there's something to that. No matter what, whenever I tell a parent this the first time, they just look at me like, are you, are you out of your mind? I mean, this, this is not going to work. But when you start doing it, you actually realize that it's maybe one of the most powerful tools we have. I think that when we operate from a place of fear, so at that dessert table, we're kind of operating in a place of fear. We're operating out of 
okay, it's my cheat day. I can be bad. Let me just go for it. Or I'm not going to have this again for a while. It's so special that I'm not going to have it. So I just have to go all out. I want to kind of enjoy every moment of it. But what that fear and restriction leads to is just obsession and overeating. We do it. So I think we really have this opportunity to do it completely different for our kids and what's so cool, just like the situation you said, is they actually start to listen to their own body cues. They self-manage their intake. They eat sweets into proportion of other foods. And they end up actually eating more nutrient-dense foods than just sweets because you're taking them off the pedestal. So basically, it's just about flipping the script. Think about Halloween as this perfect learning opportunity for them to give, I guess, for you to give your kid the tools so that they can manage it themselves. You don't dread Halloween candy and you don't feel this immense pressure to control it. Totally. Let's talk about one of today's sponsors, Encantos. When it comes to young kids learning, we're huge fans of story teaching. We love the term story teaching because it says exactly what it means. Teaching our little ones through storytelling. Have you ever noticed when you tell your kids a story about when you were younger, they're just glued to the story and remember it? That's why we're so excited about the brand new app, Encantos. It's full of fun, amazing stories, and we know that when learning is fun, our kids remember it. The stories are designed to teach our kids the fundamentals they need to flourish, like problem solving, critical thinking, and creative thinking. We've been searching for activities for Luca and Liv to do outside of school and love how enriching Encantos is. The stories teach them skills that are important to me and I want them to learn, but don't always know how to teach them, like mindfulness and social-emotional awareness. And it's all done in such a fun format that they love. It combines amazing stories with education to inspire a lifelong love of learning for kids zero to eight. And they have stories in both English and Spanish, which is awesome because it's an easy way for them to pick up a new language at a young age. Even Atlas has picked up Ola from the older ones. They were just named one of the world's most innovative companies in education by Fast Company, and it's so clear why. Your kids will love Encantos, and we want them to enjoy stories to learn from by Encantos. And right now, we have a special offer. Get three additional months free when you sign up for an annual subscription. Just go to EncantosWorld.com and use code LIVING when you subscribe. Don't wait. That's EncantosWorld.com and use code LIVING. Let's get back to our conversation. So you know how much I love step-by-steps. So um, you know I'm going to ask you to walk me through it step-by-step and how do we practically handle Halloween candy? So the approach is really simple. So I break it down into five steps and then there's a couple other things to think about. So step one is provide a nutrient-dense meal before trick-or-treating. Really a game changer, right? We we want our kids to eat something before they go to trick or treat. So one, they have the stamina to get through it, and then you're actually getting some nutrition in before you start. Mm-hmm. Step two, during trick or treating, you want to stay neutral and interfere as little as possible. So I know that's so hard. Let them collect their candy and treats, and you can set like boundaries. Like, okay, here's manners. When we go up and trick or treat, we have to say thank you, or like whatever those guidelines that you want to set up for your kid. Or when there's you know a bowl of candy, you can select three or four, whatever it is as appropriate. You can set those limits, but you kind of just want to let them set the expectation and then let them trick or treat. So let them go interfere as little as possible. 
then this is where it gets fun. So after trick-or-treating, you get to bring them home, have your child lay out all their candy. The only interfering that you do is you're going to pull out anything that's unsafe for them. So you can say, mommy just has to make sure that everything is safe in here. And don't use that as a way to like pull out some extra candy that you just don't want them to have. Only pull out items that they can't have. And then let them sort it, play with it, and let them eat as much or as little as they want that night. Just don't put restrictions on it. I'm sure, you know, you can remember that when you were a child, how fun that experience was and that you get to like play with your loot. So let them go for it. Mm-hmm. We were always yeah. counting and like right? comparing. How many do you have? Exactly. And then the next day, you're going to actually do the exact same thing. So this goes to the unlimited, right? Let them have as much or as little as they want. Have another free-for-all. Don't don't make it seem like, oh my gosh, we're going to have our Halloween candy and build it up. You're going to stay neutral, but you let them just kind of play with it. On day three, that's when we add the structure back in. So how you add structure is you're just going to start doing what you said you're doing with your kids already, which is serving a child-sized portion of their candy with their regularly scheduled meals. With so every meal? With I just say dinner, lunch, dinner, whichever one you want. Okay. You don't have to do every meal. So just choose one meal. So when they ask, can I have Halloween candy? You can tell them, yeah, it's going to be at lunch or it's going to be at dinner. And then if they ask for more Halloween candy when they've gone through their portion, you can say, oh, I I know that you loved the candy. There's no more candy on the menu today, but there will be tomorrow. And then you do that basically until they've gone through their entire candy stash. So that's really how you kind of, you give them the structure that they need to start listening to their bodies, but you give them this unlimited access. So we're not overly controlling it, but then we kind of put that structure back in to help them. Mm -hmm. The two caveats I want to say is the two pitfalls that we all get into, like literally all of us, is we bribe our kids, right? So Halloween is, right? (laughs) Uh, when you have candy or you have some sort of treat of some sort that's looming out there that you can use as a bribe, it becomes really powerful that we feel like it becomes powerful. The biggest thing is we don't want to bribe our kids with candy. So it might, number one, our kids are going to act out on holidays. They always do. Their routines are off. There's so much excitement for Halloween. They're dressing up. They're using their imagination. They're seeing a lot of people. So they're going to act out. So we know it's so tempting to say, you know, stop hitting your brother or you won't get your candy. But basically what that's going to do is it's a quick fix for right right then. I'm sure as the night goes on, it's not going to work anymore. But it just, that ends up leading to this power struggles and it just teaches them to not listen to their bodies, to kind of do something for you as opposed to listen Mm -hmm. to them. And it's putting dessert on a pedestal because they're thinking, wow, like if I don't hit, I get this really special thing. So it's just adding that pressure in. Right. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you, what are things that we should avoid saying like you just said, but actually now I want to ask you what's something else that we can use instead of bribery? Such a good question. So... I, I think, like I said, bribery is so tempting because that first time we use it, it works like a charm. It just, on those nights, it just rolls off our tongues. The problem is it's not sustainable and it's just not sending the message that we want to get through. So mm-hmm. I actually love the recommendation that Natasha Beck uh, shared with us on the podcast of trying to empower them with the when instead of an if. So when you do this, then we then this will happen so that you're motivating to do that. And we're not really threatening. And then I think it's all comes back to just setting realistic expectations. 
I think what happens is, is that on holidays, we're so tempted. They're, they're, our kids' routines are going to be disrupted as is. But I think there's a component of holidays that we get really excited to. And so we are so excited. They built up all this just excitement around it. We're all so excited to go out. Our kids might be showing us every sign that they're done with it. They're done trick-or-treating. They can't go on anymore. And we don't really listen to those signs or we want to stay out with our friends longer and we kind of push them. And then they end up melting down, melting down, melting down where we have to get into this place of just desperation and bribery. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is as much as you can keep a routine for them, even if it's just the routine prior to trick-or-treating, and then just having realistic expectations. Look at your kid. As disappointing as it is, if they're 10 minutes into trick-or-treating and they're just losing it, it's time to call it, I think. you know, I think a lot of times we just we don't want to because we want it to be such a special night, but I think our kids are really telling us something in those moments. That's a good thing to think about a lot, honestly. I think so many times I'm so excited, like, no, we're going to go to Cheekwood today. Like we, <laughs> Cheekwood is a place in Nashville. It's like these beautiful gardens, but I'll be so set on it. Like, no, we're having this family adventure. <laughs> and then it's like, everyone's losing it. And, and sometimes it's just not, it's not in the cards. Exactly. And I, I actually think that that's a harder thing for us than it is for our kids. Because sometimes when we put that degree of pressure, our kids know that pressure is coming. It's, it's almost like when we pressure desserts, that sometimes if we were kind of just like, prepped them, but in a neutral way, like we're going there this afternoon and we don't put a lot of pressure on it. Sometimes they wouldn't act out as much, but we just get so excited. I do it myself all the time. And then it's almost like, am I going to be dragging my screaming kid over to do an activity that I was doing for him? And now he's just not even excited about. Right. Yeah. So I do that all the time. And, And I think that's the other part. So instead of Try not to bribe, especially with the Halloween candy, like just using non-food type things as rewards and punishments is much more helpful than using food. But the other thing is trying to keep that routine, give them something that they can hold on to so they feel anchored. Sometimes it's just this, they go into this ethos of unknown. And so they're going to act out, they're going to act out on holidays, but giving them any sort of structure, even if it's just that dinner before trick-or-treating, I've found has been so helpful. Yes. What are you going to serve that night for dinner? What I guess I it's a long ways away. It's like, I know. It's like three I, weeks away. It's a good question though. As a dietitian, I should know. What should I serve Bryce? I will probably actually do like just a stir fry of vegetables and then some sort of like bean, garbanzo beans. Maybe I'll just do like a stir fry of that um, to give him just some protein, some fat and some fruits and vegetables just to help him go through it. Even though I have an approach, Halloween's still anxiety provoking, right? There's still this this degree of this unknown. What are my kids going to do? And so I think holding on, knowing that this approach actually works, and it doesn't mean your kid's not going to overeat, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're not going to have a tummy ache. It doesn't mean that they're not going to have a sugar high of of some sort. But what it does mean is that we're looking at them in one year, two years, three years, 20 years from now, so that they actually have a good relationship with food and that you're not battling with them. When you start controlling their Halloween candy, I mean, parents come to me and this is like a month or two month long battle. They're like, once Halloween hits, we're in a battle of desserts from Halloween through the end of New Year's. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a lot of candy. (laughs) It's a lot of candy.
We're thrilled that this episode is brought to you in part by the amazing husband and wife duo behind Brahmi. Brahmi Lupini beans are more than just a snack. They're a great addition to salads and stir fries. And we had them the other night in a chopped salad and they were amazing. They're basically an easy and convenient, high quality snack, such a nutritious and convenient way to add plant protein into your family's diet. They're an item we always have in our pantry at all times. And they're really our go-to snack for on the go, for lunches, while cooking, and to just spice up a meal. Probably the most common question I get is what are easy on the go foods and snacks? And the answer is Brahmi. Brahmi Lupini beans are the Italian version of edamame. They're a Mediterranean super snack packed with plant protein and fiber. They're one of the most nutrient dense plants with 50% more protein than chickpeas and two times the amount of fiber than edamame. They're made in Italy and not baked, fried, or dried. They're simply pickled in small batches. They're made from the best ingredients and 100% dietitian approved. You know, I love the quality of Italy food and Brahmi is no exception. The beans come individually packed. So they're so convenient for on the go. They're so versatile and really the snack of choice in both of our homes. I could talk about this brand and these snacks forever. You have to try them. I absolutely love the quality and the nutrition of them. And Bryce has them all the time. They have a money back guarantee and free shipping, which is amazing. And Brahmi has a special offer for our listeners. For 30% off your first Brahmi purchase, go to brahmisnacks.com and enter code LIVING. That's 30% off your first Brahmi purchase by going to brahmisnacks, B-R-A-M-I snacks.com and enter code LIVING. Trust us, these will be your next favorite snack. Now let's get back to talking Halloween. So we've talked about this before a little bit, but you talk about making all foods fit. Can you just touch on that just a little bit? Yes, probably one of my favorite topics. So we live in a world where we're surrounded by dessert. We're surrounded just by non-fruit and vegetable options. We all are. So when we say to our kids what we grew up with or what we hear all the time, like finish your carrots and then you can have dessert, they actually hear the complete opposite of what we intend to say. So what they hear is, wow, that dessert must be so special if I need to finish my carrots first. So what making all foods fits really means is it just is this idea that you don't want to put food on different pedestals. Food is food, it's neutral. That doesn't mean that you're only serving dessert to your kids, but what it means is that you just completely dial down the pressure at meals, you stay neutral about foods, and you serve it to our kids in a menu that's balanced. So we control the menu, but you just dial down that pressure. Totally makes sense. Well, another question I want to ask is how do we stay neutral when talking about Halloween candy? And what does that sound like? What does that look like? I'm in the habit of of saying it at dinner for the most part, but it's still still these little phrases kind of slip out like like you totally. just said. Yeah. Um how do we do that with Halloween candy? It's so natural for us to be like, oh, we get candy. Oh, if you do trick or treat. So what does that look like, especially with Halloween? I know for me, when I hear language, I just, I can implement it so much better. So what that looks like being neutral is being matter of fact. So just matter of fact about the candy. So it's really about dialing up the excitement about dressing up and being around friends and explaining what trick-or-treating is and what the rules are, but then it's completely dialing down the candy. So it's like, we're going to go trick-or-treating and you get to show your costumes and all that stuff. So instead of, oh my goodness, you just got so much candy and I can't believe it, comment on the experience. Did you see how many houses had decorations or how many kids were dressed up? What was the favorite costume you saw? What was your favorite part of trick-or-treating? 
And then when they show you their excitement over their candy, you can say something like, trick or treating was so much fun. And when we get home, we get to sort the candy, you know, and we get to sit down and have some time together. So honestly, it's as much as you can just take the focus away from the candy and the focus on the experience of Halloween. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You said that really well. You know, I don't want any parent or caregiver or anyone leaving this episode thinking that you can't be excited about Halloween. You know, I'm sure like, were you excited for Halloween as a kid? I was. I had my favorite candy. I loved sorting it. But what I remember the most was just this excitement, this excitement of coming home, of sorting it, of just having family time. And so mm-hmm. focusing on that excitement, just not the excitement of the candy, like, oh my goodness, you got so many treats. I can't believe how many treats you got, you know? Yeah. And then we can't, you got so many treats, but you can't eat all of those treats because then that's just, they're so confused by it. Oh, it's totally confusing. I think it's funny that we say the things we say are so natural, but when we kind of step back and we listen to them or like we write them out, we start to think like, wait, that's such a mixed message we're giving. Such a mixed message. And not to mention, it it is kind of funny if I listen back to myself because I'm a very mellow person. As you guys probably all know, I just kind of stay pretty like this. I don't go up very much. I don't go down very much. I'm I'm right here. And so... When I kind of do that, like, I don't know, awkward excitement with my kids. Oh my gosh, candy. Like, I don't know why we do that as humans, but (laughs) it's like they notice it. It almost just makes it more weird for them. I wonder what our kids think when I do that. It is funny. I think we we totally put a totally different hat on when we're parents, but honestly, you are the most neutral. You have probably the best mom voice around because no. when you take videos with your kids, it's as if like I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's what Haley sounds like when she talks to me. Sometimes when I'm with Bryce, I get this like really high-pitched, cringeworthy just no, no, voice I that I that put on. I have a high pitched cringeworthy voice. <laughs> I think we I think we what all do that? to some extent, but I think it's just there there can be excitement, but honestly, everything comes back to our kids are going to be really excited as is. We don't really need to like up that ante that much. We can just meet them where they're at and talk about what are they excited for. Are they excited to go fill up a bag with so many different things that they're getting from people? That's great. Are they excited to see all the costumes? Like I wish on Halloween, we focus so much more on the imagination component and the excitement of that as opposed to just the treats, right? When we just say, oh my gosh, you're going to get so many treats, we're just putting dessert way on this pedestal. So I think what we can do is I love Halloween for every, you know, all the parents I talk to and for myself, because I actually think it's probably the best holiday where we can actually start teaching desserts to our kids. We can actually take them off on a pedestal in such a significant way. So I think it's a great learning opportunity. I agree. So you tried this with Liv last year, right? I did. Okay. I tried when you said put it with their meals and even sometimes we'd put it with breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like, let me just get the sugar out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I just, I would put it with their breakfast sometimes, sometimes with their lunch. But yeah, That's we up. tried it. Was there ever a situation where she ate too much? Like where you were either uncomfortable with the volume she was eating or she ate so much that it affected her? I actually didn't even think she ate that much. This was, it was her first kind of free for all eat. 
And I was like, oh, that wasn't even that much. But <laughs> she said, she said that her tummy hurt later. I didn't even have to say it. And now she's like, if I eat too much, my tummy will hurt. And even with cake the other day, she said this. She said, I can't have too much frosting. It just makes my tummy hurt. So I don't know if she she's gotten that and just picked up from other people. I'm not a frosting lover. And so maybe she sees me taking off my frosting, but just for her to acknowledge that and figure that out with her own intuition is is interesting to kind of see. Our listeners are going to just be like, who are you guys? But I'm not a frosting lover either. I take mine off. Okay. You're the yeah, same. Okay, it is. Good. It's just, it makes it too sweet. But I think that's a really good lesson. And I want all, I want all parents and caregivers to really hear that because it is so tempting when they eat too much for us to say like, told you so, see what happens when you eat too much. It makes your tummy hurt. And I think if we approach it with this curiosity with this, like, oh, your tummy hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Do you need water? Why do you think your tummy hurts? And just help them talk through it. And that actually is how you build that intuitive eater because it's not like she feels this external pressure to not make her tummy hurt anymore. She had an experience to realize you gave her you gave her that safe environment to overeat. And so when she did that and her tummy hurt, she learned from that experience. We don't have to say this like negative, I told you so about it, but just let them experience it. Right. The, no guilt and shame. No guilt no, and shame. None of us want to feel like that when we're eating. You know, if I eat too much of something, I know I did. And I put my own guilt and shame on me. I don't need someone else being like, see, I, I told you. I mean, or if we did something, right? Like I made a mistake. The last thing I ever want Josh to say to me is like, Jess, I, I, I told you so. Like I told you if you were going to do that, that was going to happen. That just makes me feel so crappy. And so instead it would be like, it's okay. That, you know, that happens. What can I do? I'm here. So I think just supporting our kids where we think it's our job to get our kids to eat or stop our kids from eating. And I think that when we really officially take that job description off of us and that role off of us, and we allow our kids to explore in a safe environment, we want them to do that at home as opposed to when they're a teenager or way older and they don't have those confines of a safe environment at home to experiment with that. I think that's the best way for our kids to learn. Amen. Amen. So basically, everyone, you do not have to control every piece of candy. Give them that combination of unstructured and then put the structure back. And honestly, I think you will see how magical it really is. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.